0: Ready? As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barika ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd. So, uh, last week we began with the tafsir of Surah Al-Kawthar and we went to the introduction of the surah and we spoke at some length concerning uh, the beginning of the first verse of Surah Al-Kawthar and where we ended was on the word itself Al-Kawthar from what I remember which Surah Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says Bismillah rahman rahim Inna A'ataynaaka al Kauthar. Indeed we have given to you Al-Kawthar and we mentioned that the scholars of or, or rather the translators of the Quran in the English translations of the Quran you have various interpretations translations of the word Al-Kawthar Some translations just give the word Al-Kawthar in English and they don't really expand on its meaning. Others of them in uh, parentheses or as a direct translation will say Al-Kawthar meaning the river of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Paradise. And then you have the translation of uh, Professor Abdul Halim who says, Indeed we have given you abundance. And we said that this kind of comes down to, the word of Al-Kawthar. Al-Kawthar in the Arabic language, as we mentioned last week, means abundance. That's the linguistic meaning on the root word from Kathir, Kawthar, is more abundance, more good, more of something. And the Arabs in the Arabic language, anything that is vast in terms of quantity or number or quantity or mass or volume, they use the word Kawthar for it. Kawthar. I think we mentioned Uh, This last week, where one of the scholars mentioned that the the elderly lady was asked that your son has returned from a trade caravan, a trade deal, a business journey. What did he return with? And she said al-kawthar, meaning that he returned with a great amount of wealth. But the Arabic word that she used was kawthar. So in in the Arabic language, kawthar means an abundance of something, right? Uh, Something in a great number or a great quantity. And Imam Al-Qurtubi ta'ala, said in the tafsir of the word Al-Kawthar, he said that the scholars of tafsir or the scholars of the past, they have 16, one, six, 16 different opinions or 16 different statements concerning the meaning of Al-Kawthar. And considering that this is you know, the shortest surah of the Quran, it is something which is a vast you know, like differing in terms of views. And we're going to break them down and understand them and take them, uh, you know, one at a time and, and try to see how we can reconcile between them because the issue does go back to a central point and that is that do we take Al-Kawthar in its linguistic meaning, meaning abundance of good, meaning the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi the abundance of good that he was given from Allah azza wa jal, or do we take the meaning that it is interpreted by in some hadith, and that is that Al-Kawthar is the name of the river in paradise that Allah Azza wa has given to our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and depending on which one of those interpretations is taken because if you take the one that is Al-Kawthar is the name for a river in paradise then that is a very direct tafsir that only gives you one tafsir, it gives you one explanation, one interpretation of that word but if you take the other one, the linguistic meaning and that is that it is an abundance of good, and that can mean many things. An abundance of good can mean many things. And that is why you have many different statements from amongst the scholars of tafsir. This issue, why did the scholars of tafsir differ? Because there are a number of hadith, as we will come to, that speak and mention, and they are authentic, that explicitly mention uh, the issue of Al-Kawthur being a name for the river of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi in Paradise. There are explicit hadiths, some of them in al Bukhari. In fact, some of the scholars mention that there are 50 odd companions who narrated a hadith concerning the pond, the hawd, and the river of the Prophet Sallallahu on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. 50 companions means that this hadith is mutawatir. mutawatir right? It's something which has been narrated by so many companions that it's impossible that there could be any mistake in this. It is something which is considered to be mutawatir, which is in terms of grading a hadith, the strongest type of hadith in terms of strength because so many of the companions narrated the same thing from the Prophet So therefore, if there is this hadith and the scholars of tafsir know that there's this hadith, why then is there this difference of opinion? And this issue comes down to um, an issue of principle of tafsir, a principle of tafsir. And that is that if the Prophet gives the tafsir of a statement or a word or a verse of the Quran in a specific way that narrows it down or changes it from its linguistic meaning, do we have to stick only with the hadith or is that just one tafsir that can be given? Is that just an example of the tafsir? So if the Prophet for example, here in Surah Al-Kawthar, he says Al-Kawthar means a river in paradise. Does that mean that that is the only valid interpretation and tafsir of Al-Kawthar? Or is that just one tafsir that is valid? Does Al-Kawthar still, can we still make the tafsir of it from its linguistic, as, as we will see that some of the scholars did, and say that Al-Kawthar means an abundance of good, and the river that the Prophet ﷺ was speaking about is from the abundance of good that Allah Azzawajal gave to the Prophet ﷺ. It's one of the many blessings that Allah gave to the Prophet So does the tafsir of the Prophet restrict the verse, meaning that this is the only interpretation you can have, or is it just an example of the tafsir? It is a tafsir, but there are other versions that can also be taken going back to the linguistic meaning or the other tafsir that are valid that can be made, other interpretations that can be made that are also valid. And that's because The Prophet ﷺ does this in a number of hadith, either he will take a general principle and make it restrictive, or he takes something which is restricted and he makes it more general. And when the Prophet ﷺ does either one of these, does that mean that it is only within that meaning, confined to that meaning that he gives or uh, made generic to the meaning that the Prophet ﷺ gives? Or is that just one of the tafaseer or is there a wider meaning? And this is just the Prophet giving one interpretation to this. We I think mentioned, I don't know, maybe last week, the week before, but the example similar to this in the Sunnah, where you have the Prophet being asked by people, or Messenger of Allah, what is the best of deeds? Right? What is the best action? And if you look and you gather those narrations of the Prophet, many a time the Actions that are mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ in response to this question differ. They're not the same. It's not always the same. Sometimes it's salah, praying at, at, at its proper time. Sometimes it's biru walidain Sometimes it's something. It is different narrations that give different responses. And so the scholars of tafsir, uh, scholars of hadith rather, they said, the ulama said that the, what the Prophet ﷺ was doing was he was looking at the situation of that person. And for them in their context, in that regard, what is the best of deeds for them? And that's why you have these different hadith with these different wordings. So likewise, when the Prophet ﷺ gives a tafsir, is it because there's a situation, a context that's taking place, and he's giving a specific tafsir, but that doesn't mean that that's exclusively the only meaning? Or is it that we just take what the Prophet ﷺ said in terms of the tafsir, and we just restrict it down to that? The other examples that I have for you is, for example, the verse of the Quran in Surah Tawbah, verse 108, in which Allah Azzawajal says, "La masjid ussisa taqwa min an The masjid that was established upon taqwa from the first day, you, it, there is more right that you should go and pray in it. It has more right that you should offer salah in it, and that verse is speaking to the Prophet sallallahu what is this masjid, what the context of the verse is revealed and it's speaking about which masjid? Speaking about Masjid Quba, right? Speaking about Masjid Quba according to some of the scholars of tafsir. And others said it's according to, according to them that it's referring to the masjid of the Prophet Why did they differ over this? Even though the context of the verse seems to be that it's referring to Masjid Quba, because of the hadith in which the Prophet, ﷺ, the hadith is in a Tirmidhi and an Nasai, the hadith of Sahil ibn Sa'ad al Sa'idi, radiallahu anhu, that two men from amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ were debating over this verse as to which masjid it refers to. One of them said it refers to Masjid Quba, the other one said that it refers to the mosque of the Prophet, ﷺ, Masjid al Nabawi. So the Prophet ﷺ came and he asked them, What are you debating over? What are you discussing? And he said, O Messenger of Allah, this verse, which one does it refer to? And he said, Masjidi hadha. It is referring to my masjid, this masjid here, meaning the mosque of the Prophet wasallam. However, does that restrict it? Some of the scholars said, no. It's referring to Masjid Quba primarily, but because the Prophet's masjid has more status, it is more in virtue, there is more reward in it, then obviously it also includes the mosque of the prophet there is more right that you pray here in this masjid and masjid quba than the masjid of the munafiqeen that they made the hypocrites when they wanted to take that masjid from them yeah but so again the question is uh, even when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it as a masjid he doesn't define the masjid But he didn't say al-masjid, he says la-masjid, a masjid. So he doesn't define it. So, so because the, the verse is the verse is generic, Sorry, the verse is specific, speaking to Quba, but the Prophet has made it more general. He says that he can refer to, and, and the qaida and the is, is something that you can take a principle from that that you take, is that a masjid that is based upon taqwa has more right that you pray in it than a masjid that isn't based upon taqwa. Meaning what? Some of the scholars even took from this verse, that if you have a number of masajid close to you, in your proximity, which masjid has more right that you should go and offer salah in it? Right? Which is often the case in Birmingham, right? when you have like four masjids within a five-minute walking distance. They're literally all there, and they're all the same. Right? You know, irrespective of our and those they should just pretend they're all the same, and they're all upon the sunnah, and whatever, and they're all right next to you, four, five masjids. Which one do you go to pray? Some of the scholars said, based upon this hadith, they used as evidence, that you go to the oldest one. The Masjid al-Taqwa The one that was established upon taqwa from the beginning, meaning the oldest one has more right that you pray in there. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ would either pray in masjid, his masjid, or which masjid? Masjid Quba. He'd go there every week and he would pray there. But it's not something which he would go, and there were other masajid meaning the other communities in Medina would pray, and they would have this small masajid in which they would offer salat al-jama'ah, congregational prayer. But... The Prophet never used to go and pray in those masjid as a course of habit. So, are we saying by the, the asal is that the, the ayah is talking about masjid Quba, but by extending it, because the Prophet extended it, we can include other masjid? Or are we saying the asal was included both masjids in the ayah? Yes, so we're saying that the... So those scholars who said, for example, this this verse referred to masjid Quba. Then they come across this hadith, where the Prophet is saying it's not masjid Quba. It's masjid al-Nabawi. How do they reconcile between them? They say yes, it refers to Masjid Quba, primarily, but obviously the mosque of the Prophet is by Ijma greater, more virtuous, than the mosque of Masjid Quba. So therefore it would include that by more right. And likewise, if he was in Mecca, Masjid Al-Haram. Yeah, because it's it's obviously by more, but obviously the verse is related to Medina, right? speaking about the circumstance in Medina. Another example of this is a hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu said, and this hadith is in a tirmidhi hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, يُحْشَرُ النَّاسُ al الْقِيَامَةُ hufatan, عُرَاتًا ghullah The people will be resurrected on the day of judgment, barefoot, naked, uncircumcised. And then he recited the verse, "Kama bada'na أَوَّلَ خَلْقٍ نعيد. Just as we created mankind at the beginning, we will return them to that state. How is this verse being made more narrow, more restricted? Because the Prophet ﷺ is giving a certain interpretation. The verse is general. It speaks about Allah's ability on Yawm Al-Qiyamah to resurrect mankind, to bring people back to life. It's not speaking about their state necessarily, how. It's speaking about that ability of Allah to resurrect people. And that is taken from the context of the verses. Now though, the Prophet ﷺ is giving a specific... Tafsir, because he's linking it to this hadith, that the people will be resurrected barefoot, uncircumcised, uh, naked. This is how they will be. And so, therefore, do we say that that's the interpretation of the verse, that it only refers to those people, or only refers to being resurrected in this state? Or can we still say that the Tafseer is more generic, it refers to Allah's power of resurrection, it refers to Allah Taala's ability, his power, his Qudra, and all of those things that that Allah mentions within the context of those verses. A third example is the uh, is the verse, of that verse, كَمَا بَدَأْنَا أَوَّلَ خَلْقِ in is in Surah Al-Anbiya'. The third example is of the verse in Surah Al-Kahf, verse 54, which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, وَكَانَ الْإِنْسَانُ أَكْثَرَ شيء جدلًا. Mankind was ever argumentative. Mankind has ever been argumentative. We have a hadith in Al Bukhari, the hadith of Ali radiyallahu that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered upon him and his wife Fatima radiyallahu anha, who was the daughter of our Prophet wasallam entered upon them and he said to them, Allah to do you not pray the night prayer? Meaning, don't you wake up for the and pray during the night? So Ali radiyallahu replied and he said, O Messenger of Allah, when we sleep, our souls go to Allah. So if Allah wishes, we wake up, and if Allah doesn't wish, we stay asleep. Meaning, you know, if it happens, we wake up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then the Prophet left them, and as he was leaving, he said, Mankind is ever argumentative. Right, this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari. So now, it's almost as if what the Prophet is giving a tafsir, right, of this verse. But the verse itself in Surah Al-Kahf speaks about the disbelievers. And it's an attribute of the disbelievers that Allah is describing in Surah Al-Kahf that from the attributes of the disbelievers is that they do what? Is that they always argue. They always debate. They're never satisfied. They always have questions. They're argumentative. They don't just submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Prophet takes something which is speaking about a very wide general principle, a wide general group, and he's restricted it to what? To this situation of Ali and Fatima radiyallahu anhumah. So now the question, going back to this, the central issue, is therefore when the Prophet ﷺ does this do we say that this is the only tafsir that is available or do we say that no it is a tafsir, meaning that it can be applied to anyone who doesn't accept, meaning in this case of the verse in Surah Al-Kahf, can apply to anyone who doesn't submit openly and willingly to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be that a person who for example you say to them you should pray and they say to you no but I get busy or whatever. Give no, and go make hajj, but whatever they do to argue over it, it's a verse that can be applied to all of them. And what the Prophet ﷺ is doing is giving an example of that. He's not restricting the tafsir. And because of this issue, depending on the manhaj, the methodology that, you, that the scholars of tafsir followed, you have these differences of opinion in, 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 in verses like al-kawthar or in, in, in words and concepts like al-kawthar. So when the scholars of tafsir differ, like in fiqh and like in hadith, it is important for us to understand and appreciate why there is that difference, because the scholars of Tafsir don't just differ because you know they have nothing better to do, or they they just differ for the sake of differing. The difference is there because there is a uh, there is a an actual reason, and it is based upon knowledge. It is based upon a methodology that they've applied, and we will see that actually in Al-Kauthar, the term Al-Kauthar, the Hadith seem to be very uh, very. Uh, explicit in terms of what it is that it means. Whereas you can argue in but you can understand from that the Prophet is just giving an example, that it's not meant as a tafsir, right? You can make that argument. But in these hadith, Al-Kawthar, the ones that we will mention about the river of paradise, then they are very explicit. And so because of that, the scholars have these two different opinions. Let me just take a couple of questions here. What is the meaning of the sacrifice mentioned in at the end of the second? Oh, we haven't even come to that yet. Shams is like while well ahead. <laughs> All right, I don't know. Is, is, is there like some, normally we're slow. <laughs> okay, uh, Harris is asking in the hadith, you just narrated the Sahaba debating whether the verse refers to the, Quba, the Prophet's mosque. The fact that the Prophet Sallallahu sided with one Sahaba, does that not mean that the other one was wrong? Can, can I just add to that, surely like in the hadith about when they prayed Asa and the Prophet ﷺ said, you know, we pray when we get there. And then the Sahaba went up to the Prophet and said, You know, some of us did this and some of us did this. And the fact that the Prophet didn't say, Well, one's you know, better than the other. I mean, I think he did say, Surely the Prophet yeah. must have prayed us at that time. And therefore, one opinion would be stronger. But surely he didn't say, Right. You so the one. question here is not necessarily the question about whether the uh, the uh, the Prophet is choosing one opinion as stronger than the other. The question here is one of methodology. That's the, the key point here. The methodology that when the Prophet ﷺ even does this, even in this hadith, does that mean that it's only something which applies to that? To that? Because this is a famous hadith. The hadith is in the Tirmidhi and Nasa'i, I think Ahmed, it's like mentioned numerous books of hadith. So the scholars of Tafsir who know the hadith and understand that that is the hadith and understand that that's what the Prophet ﷺ said, but then still say, no, it actually refers to Quba because of the context of the verses and because of everything else that's going on, in the background of the verse and the context of the verses, they choose their opinion because they have followed a methodology that yes, the Prophet is saying this. Why? So that his masjid is not excluded from the verse. It's to show that this masjid is not excluded because the masjid of the Prophet will always be greater in status and virtue and reward than masjid Quba. And so because the two companions are now debating over this issue, right, debating over the issue, the Prophet is as if he's saying my masjid, is also included. Meaning by more right, by more virtue, it has more right to be included in this verse than Masjid Quba. Yeah, so it is an issue of methodology. So when you look at these issues, yes, it is, um, you know, we look at the opinions of the scholars and look at the statements of the Salaf, the scholars of Tafsir and what they had. But what where Tafsir really comes in is by understanding the methodology and why they have that and where that difference of opinion comes from. And that's what allows you to appreciate it. But as we've mentioned before and, and we'll you know, no doubt mentioned many times again. Um, So we're still in verse number one, right? We're still still on Al-Kothar, right? Because people online are like, what verse are you on? Everyone's like, what surah is he on now? We're still on Al-Kothar, and we haven't even gone through the 16 different opinions uh, that the scholars have. But I want you to give that like as an introduction and as setting like a methodology out. al Imam al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, he mentioned sixteen different opinions um, concerning the meaning of al-Khutbah. The first of them, and obviously the most well-known, is that it is the river, right? The river of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, in Jannah, and this was the opinion that was championed by Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah, Taala ibn Jarir al-Tabari, and it's the opinion that Ibn Kathir and al baghawi uh, seem to favour as well. But al-Tabari is very explicit. The second opinion is that it is the hawd of the Prophet. ﷺ. The hawd is the pond of the Prophet. ﷺ and we'll come on to the differences between Kawthar and al-Hawd, or the, the river and the hawd, the pond and the river. InshaAllah, we'll come on to that as well, just so that we, we can understand. But the hawd, you have the river in paradise, and the scholars who distinguish between the two say that the hawd is before paradise, outside of paradise. There are, uh, amongst the scholars, there are scholars who used to call both Al-Kawthar, the river and the pond, used to give them both the name Al-Kawthar. And the reason why is, and as we will see, because there is a narration that says that the water of the pond of Al-Kawthar comes from the river Al-Kawthar in Jannah. And because of that, because the water comes from that source, there are scholars who used to call both Al-Kawthar. But this second opinion is the one that is attributed to the famous Qala'ata, Rahimahullah, the famous student of Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma. And Imam Al-Qurtubi, Rahimahullah, he mentions 16 opinions, but after he mentions the first two, he says, and the most authentic or the strongest of these 16 are one and two. So the strongest of the 16 are the first two, that either it is the river, or that it is the pond of the Prophet ﷺ. So therefore you have these Giants of Tafsir, Al-Tabari, Al-Qurtubi and others who seem to be taking this approach and this methodology that because the Prophet ﷺ gave an interpretation here and it seems to be quite explicit, therefore that these are the strongest opinions. The third opinion or the third uh, statement of the scholars of the Salaf is that it refers to An-Nubuwata wal Kitab, prophethood and the revelation. Prophethood and the revelation and this was attributed to Ikrimah, to rahimahullah ta'ala. The fourth opinion is that it refers to Al-Qur'an. So these are all tafsirs of what? Which word? Al-Khawthar. Al-Khawthar, right? So the first two opinions that it's a river or that it's the pond is taking from what? The hadith. The hadith. Every other opinion now is going to be taking from what? Uh, the from the, you have a question? From the linguistic just one second, from the linguistic uh, meaning of the word Al-Qawthah which means abundance. But what does that abundance refer to? What is that abundance of good? What is the مشку that Allah Azza wa Jal favored the Prophet with? Now they're explaining what that means. So some of them said it refers to an nubuwata wal kitab which is the opinion of Ikrimah. And Al-Hassan Al-Basri Rahimahullah said that it is the Qur'an. Right? The Qur'an. Yes. Okay. It is a noun. Sorry? The but there is some noun or an adjective. Numbers, yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so we did Al-Hassan, which is the fourth opinion, that is the Quran. The fifth opinion is that it refers to Islam. And this was the opinion of al mughirah Allahu alam. I don't know. Says al The sixth opinion is that it is that Allah made the Quran easy, and He made the Sharia easy. And this was the opinion of a scholar by the name of Al-Hussein Ibn Al-Fadl, who was born around the year 180 of the Hijra. The seventh opinion is that it was the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam having many. Followers, many companions, a big large ummah This was the favor that Allah Jalla gave him Because we have the hadith in which the Prophet uh, Sallallahu Alaihi will boast about this That he will have the largest ummah on the day of judgment And this was the opinion of Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash Who is also known as shu'bah shu'bah Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, Shu'ba is no, If I had like a bonus like prize or something This is what I would give her for but I don't have anything. So, his Shu'aba is the student of Asim, the Qareh, right? So you have Hafs and then you have Shu'aba, right? Shu'aba is the second rewire of Asim. So Abu Bakr ibn Ayyash, Shu'aba said that it is, this is what it refers to, the Ummah of the Prophet ﷺ and it being large. Number eight, Al-Ithar, that the Prophet Sallallahu was chosen, that he was made special and chosen. This was the opinion of, Ibn Kaysan. Who's Ibn Kaysan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ibn Kaysan is more famously known as by his first name. But the scholars in Tafsir, they often mention either his second name or they mention his first name. Ibn Kaysan is Tawus. Tawus. Tawus Ibn Kaysan. Number nine, that Allah Azzawajal raised his mention. As Allah says in the Quran, وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ we have raised your mention, and this was the opinion of, or it's mentioned by al Imam al Mawardi. Number ten, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed light in the heart of the Prophet. And number 11 is that it was the intercession that the Prophet will be granted on Yom al Qiyamah, the major intercession. Number 12 is that it is the miracles that Allah gave to the Prophet this was mentioned by Imam thalabi number 13 is that it was La Ilaha Illallah Muhammad Rasulullah that's what Allah gave in terms of abundance which is the same as what what is La Ilaha Illallah Muhammad Rasulullah it's the same as Islam yeah. and this was the opinion of Hilal Ibn Yasaf who was one of the tabi'een who met some of the companions like Al Bara ibn Azib? Another said, number 14, that it is Al fiqhu fi deen, understanding of the religion. Number 15, the five prayers, the five obligatory prayers. And number 16 is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made his affair amazing, that Allah azza wa jal favored and honored the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa so these are the 16 opinions that are mentioned by Imam al qurtubi in his tafsir. He said that the first two are the strongest, but then you have these other 14. All of them, the other 14, come back to this of Al-Kawthar being the linguistic word abundance. If we say that it is abundance, meaning that we can have the tafsir, that is linguistic, that it's abundance, Al-Kawthar means abundance, then all of these 14 are what? They are variations of that. They are not contradictions, but they are Examples of abundance. The Qur'an, Islam, the five prayers, the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ, all of them come into that. Right? These are all examples. And those scholars will therefore say that the river of paradise and the pond of the Prophet ﷺ are also from the abundance that Allah gave to the Prophet ﷺ. And this point, more explicitly, was made by the famous scholar of Tafsir, Muhammad al-Amin al-Shaqiti, rahimahullah ta'ala. Al-Imam Muhammad al-Amin al-Shaqiti in his Tafsir al bayan he said, and the scholars differed over Al-Kawthar. And he said that basically what the difference comes down to is, and this is probably the point that you are making, Akhi, is that whether the, the Al-Kawthar, the word Al-Kawthar is a noun or a adjective. He said if it is a noun or a name, he says alam, which means name, if it is a name, then therefore Al-Kawthar refers to the river of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and if it is an uh, adjective, a description, a wasf, then it refers to the much good that Allah azza gave to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And sheik Ibn Al-Maghathim, rahimahullah, in his tafsir, also seconded this, that he said that al qothar refers to the abundance of good that Allah azza gave, because Allah subhanahu wa taala favoured the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and He gave him much good. And I think therefore that this opinion Allah Azza wa knows best is a solid opinion in the sense that it includes, and you can say that a kothur primarily means the river of the Prophet Sallallahu but it refers to all of the favors and all of the blessings that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave to the Prophet Sallallahu Because Allah Azza wa in this verse is reminding the Prophet Sallallahu of his favors as he does in previous surahs when he says for example, wa wizrak. الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكْ وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذكرك. Right. Allah Azza wa is reminding the Prophet uh, in Surah al uh, right? These are all reminders of the Prophet of what? of the many, many favors that Allah ta'ala blessed the Prophet with and despite the challenges and despite, and this is from the adab of the Qur'an and from the etiquette of Allah A.S. is teaching us. That despite the, the hardships that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam underwent, personal problems, the loss of his children, the loss of companions, the loss of close family members, the torture, the persecution, the poverty that he lived in, all of these hardships that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam underwent for so many years, Allah only reminds him of his favours. And that's a methodology, right? That's a principle of Islam. That we, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we remember His favors. And we don't complain of the hardships that Allah azza wa gave to us. In the sense that we don't complain of them, in the sense that we are displeased with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. And that's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa used to say, Al khayru kulluhu wa sharru laysa All goodness is ascribed to Allah and evil is not ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see the same methodology being applied in Surah Yusuf. When Yusuf alayhi salam is recounting his experiences at the end of the Surah, he speaks only of the positive. And he doesn't speak of the negative, of the prison and the slavery and all of those injustices that he faced. But rather he remembers Allah's favors in reuniting him with his parents and his family, bringing his brothers back to him, and so on and so forth. So this is a methodology in the Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring and reminding the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam of all of the favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave. And no doubt, the greatest or from the greatest of those favors is Prophethood, and is the Qur'an, and is Islam, and is the, the miracles that he gave. And from the greatest of them is the, the, the station that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam will receive on Yawm al-Qiyamah. And so when we go through challenges and hardships as we inevitably do, it is sometimes very easy to forget the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to only focus on the hardships. It's easy to forget what Allah azza wa Jal has given us, so much of an abundance of good, and we focus on the two, three, four, five small issues, relatively speaking, that are preoccupying us. Whereas what's amazing about the Prophet Wasallam and the companions in general, that despite the hardships that they underwent, you rarely find a hadith in which they focused on this. And even when they did, Often the Prophet وسلم, would change that mindset. Like the hadith of in Al Bukhari of Khabbab ibn Arat in the early days of Islam, when he comes to the Prophet وسلم, and he's leaning on the Kaaba. And then he comes and he sits with him and he says, O Messenger of Allah, لنا, will you not make dua to Allah for us? Will you not ask Allah to help us? Because the Muslims are being persecuted, tortured, punished and all everything that's happening in the early Meccan period when the Muslims are extremely weak. And the Prophet ﷺ sits up and he says to him, there was a people who came, or from the people who came before you, a hole would be dug for a person, he would be placed within that hole and he would be sawn in half. And still that wouldn't make them leave their religion. And a person would be brought from the people who came before you and an iron comb would be taken and the skin would be raked from his bones. But still that wouldn't make them leave from their religion. By Allah, Allah will complete this affair until it enters into every household, every property across the world. And so the Prophet is making something which the companions find extremely difficult by reminding them of the blessings of Allah upon them and the greatest of blessings of Iman and Islam. Similar to it is the hadith during the Battle of Ahzab. When the Prophet, the companions come to him, and they say that there's a rock, a boulder that they can't break. So the Prophet Wasallam comes and he breaks it. And every strike, he says, Allahu Akbar. I see us conquering the Byzantine Romans, conquering the Persians, conquering this empire. And that. And the Prophet Wasallam is giving them and they're like, you know, tired and they're dusty and they're disheveled and they're in the middle of trenches and pits digging and digging and they're fearing for their lives and the lives of their families and for their households and their property because now they're going to be attacked literally by a confederation of armies that has only come to destroy them. And in the midst of this and the companions are hungry and there are in where the companions are literally hungry, can't find food, can't support themselves but they're still digging and working and they would tie stones around their bellies, around their stomachs because of the pangs of hunger that they would feel and the Prophet Sallallahu would tie two around his stomach and despite this, what does the Prophet Sallallahu do? He takes what they consider to be an extremely difficult thing but he reminds them of the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala the blessings that they have now and the blessings that Allah has promised them and that's why in, the, in this surah the Prophet Sallallahu according to the hadith that we will inshallah mention of Al-Kawthar being a river in paradise it is not about just the goodness that now that you receive the blessings that you have now, but rather it is about the promise that Allah Azza wa Jalla has given of the rewards that you will get inshaAllah in Qiyamah. Because Al Qatar isn't something which the Prophet took in this life. It's not something which he had in this life or that he drank from in this life or that he benefited from in that sense in this life. It is a promise from Allah to the Prophet that this is what you will get for your hardships, for your struggles, for your patience, for your perseverance. And likewise, Allah has made that same promise to the believers in many verses in the Quran. Inna al-ladheena amanu wa aminu salihati kanat lahum jannatul firdausi nuzula khalidina fiha la yabghuna anha Indeed, those who believe and do righteous deeds, they will have the gardens of al-Firdaus as their abode. They will remain, remain therein forever and they will never seek to, to be removed from it and Allah Azzawajal in many verses whether at the time of the death and the angels coming and giving solace to the believers or the rewards that they will have on yawmul qiyamah all of those verses and the Quran repeats it over and over and over again to emphasize and re-emphasize this point the blessings of Allah upon us are great and many and the greatest of them is Islam but then the promises of Allah Azzawajal in terms of the rewards of what Allah Azzawajal has promised the believers are also great and many. So the Prophet is given if you like this bushra this glad tiding this this good news that he will receive this reward and this is given you know if especially if you if you take the opinion that it is a, uh, a Makki surah it is something which even if it's a Madani surah or rather if you take the opinion that it's a Madani surah the Prophet has already suffered through the 13 years of Mecca. He's already undergone so many hardships and so on. And even in Medina, he's going through so many hardships, be it the battles that he's facing or the problems that he has with the hypocrites of Medina and other things that Allah is challenging him with. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he will give to the Prophet this amazing river. And when you look at what the Prophet ﷺ has on Yom Al Qiyamah from the rewards that Allah gives to him, it is often something which then his Ummah is also allowed to partake in. It is also something that we, inshaAllah, benefit from. So the Prophet ﷺ is given an honor, but it is an honor that he uses not only for himself, but for his Ummah. Like, for example, the dua that we make after the adhan, that blessed position and station that the Prophet ﷺ will receive on Yomul Qiyamah is the position that then allows him to make the great intercession. And that great intercession is not just something for him personally, but it is something that his ummah benefits from, Alihi So when we come to the hadith that speak about Al-Kawthar, we have the hadith in Sahih Muslim on the authority of Anas. Okay, let me take this question. If something, has been, if something has been given a specific tafsir, this is a question from Sumaira, uh, if something has been given a specific tafsir by the Prophet but then the Mufassirin apply a general meaning, how do we protect it from misinterpretation and broadening the tafsir? And crossing boundaries can be done by erroneous contemporary people who have some knowledge. So the meaning of the, so a couple of ways. Number one is because the meaning will always go back to the linguistic meaning. It is something that will be based upon the Arabic language. So it's not something which will divert away from it. Number two, because you have illustrious scholars. So even though we said Imam al-Tabari and al-Qurtubi and others had the opinion of Al-Kawthar being what? The river of paradise. But if you look at the names that I gave you and the other 14 opinions, you have some of the greatest scholars of Tafsir and the greatest scholars of the Tabi'een, Al-Hassan, Ikrimah, Tawus, Ata. These are like the giants of the Tabi'een who many of them or most of them don't take that opinion. But they consider it to be a wider opinion, and we will mention even a narration from Ibn Abbas عنهما, that shows and speaks about this as well. So the first thing is that it will always be in line with the linguistic meaning of the, of the Qur'an. And number two, because it is not unfounded. This, this position is not an unfounded position, it's not something which someone has come up with centuries after the time of the companions of the Prophet but or rather, it was an interpretation that the companions, some of them themselves had, and that their students amongst the salaf and the tabi'in had as well. So, going through uh, this, this, these hadith that speak about al-kauthar, the hadith of Anas radiallahu alayhi Sahih Muslim, in which he says that the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, was with us in the Masjid when he was overcome by revelation. And then he raised his head and he smiled and we asked, O Messenger of Allah, what makes you smile? And he said, There was a, re- a surah that was just revealed to me and he recited, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, inna inna And then he said, Do you know what is Al-Kawthar? We said, Allah and his Messenger know best. He said, Indeed, it is a river that my Lord has promised me. And it has much good. It has much good. And it is a haud, a, a, uh, a pond that my ummah will come to on the day of judgment. The number of its vessels are like the stars of the sky. And until one of them will come, meaning someone from my ummah, and they will be told to move back. And I will say, oh my Lord, he's from my ummah. And it will be said to me, you don't know what they did after you. So this is the first hadith. And similar to it in a similar, very similar wording, is also another hadith, um, actually it is, it is more or less the same wording. Yeah, more or less it is the same wording. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he said that this is the hadith that the majority of the scholars use to show that this surah is a Madani surah. Because as we said last week, Aras is a scholar, a companion who only uh, has companionship in the Madani period, meaning post-Hijrah, he's a companion. Who only was with the Prophet after the Hijrah. and he says that this is something which took place between us in the Masjid. And when the companions say in the Masjid, they're referring to mm-hmm. the Mosque of the Prophet Right? When they say the Masjid, that's what it refers to. Right? Just as when we say the Masjid, it refers to. <laughs> 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 he says that. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's not go there. Let's put him. Delete. Okay. So. And then Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah says, and likewise, this is the, the evidence for which a number of the scholars said that to say, uh, to say the Basmala or the Basmala is part of a Surah. The bas- and this is something which we covered when we were going through the Basmala. But this was one of the evidences that we mentioned then as well. And Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah states that opinion again because the Prophet when he was reciting the Surah said, a Surah has been revealed to me, Bismillah rahmanir rahman rahim and then he recited Surah Al-Kawthar. Anas an said, and this is another narration, this time in Al-Bukhari, Sahih al-Bukhari, but also in the authority of Anas an, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, jannah. I entered into Jannah and there was a river. The banks of the river have pearls or tents made of pearls or pearled tents. And then, I placed my hand in the water and it was musk. So I said, oh, Jibril, what is this? He said, this is Al-Kawthar that your Lord has given to you. This is Al-Kawthar that your Lord has given to you. So from the descriptions of Al-Kawthar is that its banks will have, it's, 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 it's uh, mud or dirt, if you like, the river bank is made of musk, it smells of musk. And on the banks of this river, you have tents of pearls, right? Meaning hollow pearls. Pearls in which people can go and they can, they can sit and they can rest. Another hadith also in Al Bukhari, this time on the authority of Aisha, that that she said that I asked concerning the verse Inna kal Kothar, or she was asked rather, concerning Inna kal Kothar, she said it is a big river that your Prophet was given, on its banks are pearls, meaning hollow pearls, and the number of its vessels are like the number of the stars of the sky. Is the, the banks smell like musk or the river flows, smell like musk? Not the banks. The bank. the oh, oh could it, could it where the, the river flows, yeah. Where the river has passed, the water has passed, the Prophet said, I touched that land where the water had passed, and it was like, like musk. Another hadith in Al-Bukhari also, this time on the hadith, on the authority of Sa'id ibn Jubair, rahimahullah, was one of the famous scholars of the Tabi'een, that he said that Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhumah, said concerning Al-Kawthar, it is from the abundance of good that Allah gave to him. Right? It is the abundance of good meaning, that it is from the abundance of good that Allah, Jalla gave to him. So someone said, I said to Saeed Ibn Jubair, people say that Al-Kawthar is a river in Jannah. Saeed said, the river in Jannah that was given to the Prophet is from the good and the abundance of good that Allah gave to him. So Ibn Abbas said it is the abundance of good that Allah gave to him, meaning going through that opinion, as we said, uh, the other opinion of the scholars of Tafsir they don't just restrict it to being the river. And then when the scholar was asked, who's one of the students of Ibn Abbas, but I've heard that Al-Kawthar is a river, he said yes, and that river is from the abundance of God that Allah Azzawajal has given to the Prophet Sallallahu One more, and then you can ask a question. The hadith in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, in which uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said concerning Al-Kawthar, it is the river that Allah Azzawajal has given to me in Al-Jannah. It is, its water is whiter than milk, more sweeter than honey, and Around it are birds. Their necks are like the necks of camels. Their necks will be like the necks of camels. Umar said, O Messenger of Allah, then they must be birds that are in comfort. Birds in comfort, meaning, you know, if they're drinking from this water, it's whiter than musk and uh, whiter than, than milk and more sweet than honey and so on, and they have necks like the necks of camels, they must be birds that are enjoying themselves in comfort. The Prophet ﷺ said yes, but the ones who will eat them will have more comfort. Meaning imagine what it would be like to eat them then, right? So, this is the, uh, these are a number of hadith that speak about the river of al we'll come on to the Hawth, but that's that's a discussion that we'll have st- in a short while because I want you to mention something else first. Yes, sir. What does it actually mean by giving to Prophet that he has exclusive access to it or that he was created in honor? What does it mean by it was given? Yeah, it was given to the Prophet Meaning that it's something which the Prophet was given, but it's not something exclusive to him because his Ummah will drink from it as well. Yeah, but it's not. But it's given. Meaning it's given to him as it's his honor. But as we said, the honor that the Prophet is given in these in this in these terms is something which he then shares with his Ummah. So we will come to this. Yeah, we will come to this. I don't know, like the I don't know of a specific like hadith or something, but there is a narration that we will come to. At the 16, what's number twelve again? <laughs> 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 Sorry, we'll go back maybe. What's or 12, number twelve, 12 huh? Like what, what was it? Yeah, the the miracles, miracle. yeah. yeah. given to the Prophet Okay, so what time is it? Do we have time? 10 minutes. Five, 10 minutes. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, Going back to Sheikh Muhammad Al-Amin al rahimahullah, in his tafsir and al bayan he mentions something because he, as we said, supports the opinion of the meaning of Al-Kawthur being the abundance of good. Going back to its linguistic meaning, and that the river of paradise is from the abundance of good that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was given. Uh, one of the things he then mentions is he establishes why he chose this opinion. And he says, because it is something which Allah Azza wa refers to throughout the Quran meaning that Surah Al-Kawthar is at the end of the Quran, but throughout the Quran, Allah Azza wa is referring in verse after verse after verse about the blessings and the abundance of good that is given to the Prophet So it's almost as if Al-Kawthar, Surah Al-Kawthar is the culmination of that. It's the end result, right? This is what you have, Al-Kawthar, the abundance of good. That abundance of good, the detail of which we have given to you throughout the Quran in many, many surahs. So for example, he says when Allah Azza wa says, when Allah Azzawajal says that we gave to you a messenger of Allah the seven oft-repeated verses in the Qur'an that is from the abundance of good that Allah Azzawajal is referring to. And then he, it's a long passage but he basically goes on to Surah Al-Duha and he works his way up to Surah al just picking from each one of these surahs the blessings that Allah Azzawajal is referring to and this is why these books of, of tafsir are amazing And as we said al Bayan is a book that focuses on what tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an. Right? So he's basically linking the verses. And it is one of the most beautiful ways of doing tafsir when you link verses of the Qur'an together. He says, so for example, in Surah al duha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how Allah Azzawajal says وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى Allah will give to you until you are pleased. Your Lord will give to you until you are pleased. That's from the blessings that Allah will give to him. Then Surah Al-Shah, for example, Allah Azzawajal says that we have expanded your chest and removed from you from your sin and raised your mention and made things easy for you after hardship. Right? Those are from the blessings that Allah Azzawajal has given to him. In Surah Al-Teen, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala blesses his, the, the land of his birth, Mecca, by saying that it is the safe uh, land. And then Allah Azzawajal praises the believers and mentions that they will have a reward that has no limit. In Surah Iqra, Surah Alak, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how He gave Him the blessing of the Quran. In Surah Al Qadr, for example, how Allah Azzawajal gave to the Prophet the blessing of Laylatul Qadr, which is better than a thousand months. In Surah Al how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this Ummah the best of all Ummas, and how Allah Azzawajal is pleased with the believers from this Ummah and they are pleased with Him. In Surah Al-Zalzala, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the believers will preserve their actions, even the smallest of them. يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ يَرَى Whoever does even an atmosphere of good, they will see that good on al qiyamah. So that is from the blessings of Allah, that Allah will preserve for them their deeds and their actions. In Surah Al-Adiyat, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favoured the believers with the act of worship that we call jihad. In Surah Al-Takathur, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught the Prophet ﷺ to be grateful for the many blessings that Allah azzawajal bestowed upon him, even the smallest, from amongst them. In Surah Al-Asr, how this is the best of ummahs because this ummah knows how to use his time wisely and that he uses it with iman and by doing righteous actions and by advising one another with the truth and advising one another upon patience. In Surah Quraysh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favoured the Prophet sallallahu by favouring his people, his tribe, the Quraysh, and how Allah Azza wa Jal gave them safety, and how Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them food, and so on. And then in Surah Ma'un, which is the Surah which comes directly before, and then Surah Feel as well, how Allah Azza wa Jal saved the Kaaba, and so on. In Surah Ma'un, which is the Surah before Surah al Kothar, how Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, how Allah Azza wa Jal, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah Ma'un speaks about how he favoured the poor from this ummah and the needy from this ummah. So throughout the Quran, basically what he sings is that Allah azawajal speaks about favour upon favour, blessing upon blessing for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And then in surah Al-Kawthar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says explicitly that indeed we gave to you Al-Kawthar. We gave to you an abundance of good that good includes Islam, it includes the prayers, it includes Uh, includes the Qur'an, it includes the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and its vast number. It includes the miracles that Allah gave to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It includes La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. All of those things that we mentioned and more besides that weren't mentioned from the goodness that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala gave to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and from the greatest of that good is the river in paradise that Allah has given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Haud of Al-Kawthar, which is the pond of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, any questions? Anyone? In the, like in the narration of Saeed ibn Jubayr was it Ibn Abbas, a student who asked for further clarification? Or Saeed student? No, Saeed student. So it's Saeed, someone asked Saeed a man by the name of Abu Bishr, I think his name was. He asked Sa'id ibn Jubair that I heard that Al-Kawthar is a river in paradise. And he said, yes, that is from the abundance of good that Allah gave to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi So the next point that I had, um, but I we won't get to finish this, but we can maybe like just speak about it for a couple of minutes. Is the difference therefore between the river of Al-Kawthar and the Haud, the pond of the Prophet Sallallahu Sheikh ibn Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that the Al-Kawthar is the river in paradise that is given to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Whereas the Hawud, the pond, is the pool of water that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam will have and he will be waiting by for his ummah that is outside of Jannah. Meaning it is before the people enter into Jannah. But the water of the river of Al-Kawthar is what is poured into the pond and that's why you have the same description for the river for the water of the hawd right that whoever uh, that it is whiter than milk and more fragrant than musk and, and more sweeter than honey whosoever drinks from it will never experience thirst again right and those are mentioned as the same attributes of the river of al in jannah and the prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam you know described this in a number of hadith and that's why al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah ta'ala, not in his tafsir, but in a different book, al-Imam al-Qurtubi said, was-sahih and what is correct is that the Prophet sallallahu has two bodies of water, two ponds. The first of them will be in the mawqif, meaning the land of gathering where the people will stand for judgment before the sirat, before they cross the bridge, right, the bridge that the people will cross. And the second is the one that is inside of Jannah, مِّنْهُمَا يُسَمَّى and each one of them is called Al kawthar Each one of them is called Al kawthar And we said that he called, we called them or some of the scholars called them both Al kawthar because the river, the water of the river, goes into the water of the pond, and therefore they called it both uh, called it both Al kawthar By the way, this was an issue. The reason why I mentioned this is because there is some difference of opinion amongst the scholars concerning is there a difference between the two? Where is the Haud? Uh, you know like these issues that, that we're mentioning here is it before the bridge, after the bridge one of these issues and that's why we're, we're speaking about this albeit you know this is an Aqeedah lesson so it's not going to be very um, very detailed so this water will come from the water of the river of Al-Kawthar which is in Jannah and that's why the Haud is also called Al-Kawthar and this is mentioned in the Hadith of Sahih Muslim the Hadith of Abu Dhar radiyallahu anhu that the Hawd, the pond of the Prophet has within it two streams that run into it from the river of al khothar They bring the water from Al-Kawthar, the river, and they come and they bring it into the pond of, uh, or the pond al Hawd. I think we'll just call it the pond, if we call it the pond of Al-Kawthar and the river, just because even I'm getting confused. So we'll just call it the pond, right? It takes the water from the river Al-Kawthar and it brings it into the pond, via these two um, these two streams of these two arms and uh, and this was the opinion or this is something which was also mentioned by an Imam Ibn Hajar ta'ala, in Al-Fath al-Bari um, and I think that's inshallah, where we will stop today any questions so inshallah, next week when we come back we'll we'll start with that again we'll continue with the differences between the pond and the river and then inshallah we'll move on to verse number 2. Barakallahu Allah fikum inshallah. Next week uh, we start at 8.30 inshallah online. The class starts at 8.30. Salatul Maghrib for those of you here. Check the time table. <laughs> I don't know when it is. But inshallah the class will start at 8.30. Barak Allah fikum. al Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'i. As-salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. Oh.